Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the Next Move podcast. This is a podcast where we're essentially going to interview people who are making a change in India, whether it be through starting businesses or whether it be through creating organizations that work toward a more equitable society in India. We are getting into the minds of them in this podcast. So if you're looking for a podcast that takes you into the minds of some of the movers and shakers in India, then look no further because this podcast will definitely do that. So this is the first podcast in hopefully a long, long series of podcasts where I had the great pleasure of interviewing Smita Singhal. And Smita Singhal is the director and co-founder of Absolute Water. And Absolute Water is a waste water management business. And they're able to convert sewage into drinking water, if you can believe that, through a 100% green process. And Smitha will go into this process later in the podcast, but they were actually the first company to be able to do this in a 100% green way. That means no chemicals. So some of the key takeaways that I took from this discussion with Smitha were that If you're looking to make an impact in India, especially through something that's new and sustainable and in some sort of project like this, she takes you through the exact real world challenges that you're gonna face, whether that be with the government and whether that be educating customers. I really appreciated how Smitha was extremely honest and shared real life examples of how she faced them and how she got over these challenges. Most people, you know, won't talk about their interactions with the government, but Smitha was really open and honest, and it's a must listen if you're going to, if you're looking to make a change. And, uh, you know, the other really key takeaway that I took uh, from Smitha was that if you're going to do something so big, you need to have a huge motivation behind it to keep going every single day in the face of rejection. And Smitha's motivation uh, behind this project come from her kids. And it's a very cool story. So you should definitely tune in. And I think you're going to love this podcast because Smitha is an extremely energetic and passionate person. And you can, hear, you can hear it in her voice throughout this discussion. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Armand Kendri. And today we have Smitha Singhal with us. Uh, she's one of the founders of Absolute Water. And, uh, you know, as the name tells you, Absolute Water is a company that provides wastewater management. And they're actually the first company to provide 100% green, a green filtering process. And this process is what converts sewage into drinking water. So I'm incredibly excited to have Smith on the, on the podcast. Hey, Smitha, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you today? Doing good, doing good. So, you know, if you could just expand on this introduction, what do you do? Who who are you? You know, what's your background? That would be awesome. Sure. So um, I'm Smita. Um, I'm the director of Absolute Water Private Limited. Uh, we are based in Delhi and uh, we basically uh, have installed the country's first 100% green wastewater recovery plant from sewage that can convert sewage into drinking water quality. And um, this is actually green in all processes because it is the one that is done without any chemicals whatsoever. There is no chemical dosing or any such thing 
mm-hmm. which other mm-hmm. conventional systems do. Um, and more importantly, it is a non-RO system. Um, okay. Only because because we wanted to kind of um, you know retain the minerals and vitamins of the of water as it's naturally you know formed, uh, which a lot of ROs when you look around most of them strip it away, so there's mm-hmm. really nothing left other than chemicalized water or chlorine dosed water which goes inside your body, and um, at some point it's gonna kill you um, because it's a chemical at the end of the day. Um, yeah, right. so we've um, uh, installed about 14 such plants all over the country. Uh, we're a three and a half year old young company, um, mm-hmm. but we have one of the best teams because everybody on board, um, you know, on an average has a very common passion and goal to do something for the environment more importantly and more importantly for water pollution. So um, that way I think we're pretty cool as a company. Um, <laughs> my own background, um, well, I have actually no technical background, to be honest, um, but I am mm-hmm. a BCom graduate as well as a double graduate in advertising and marketing. So I think that's okay. where that kind of contributed to uh, starting the business. Um, and I have a very strong technical team on board. And of course, you know, learned myself uh, the technical valuations and uh, descriptions and terms as I went along. So yeah. Um, yeah, but the but the entire technology is um, we made it we did it ourselves we designed it ourselves. Uh, it took about a year and a half of research. Okay. And we installed our first plant in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, for the Delhi Jal Board. They are basically the municipal supply drinking uh, water for um, all of Delhi and CR. Okay. And um, yeah, so that was our first drinking plant, and it was um, thankfully inaugurated by our CM, Mr. Arvind Kejriwal. Um, wow. Yeah, so um, yeah, we got a bit of press on that one. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so basically um, that's what it is. And uh, we keep researching, we're trying to, you know, um, we have 14 plants down and many others to go, but we're, we're also kind of engaging a lot of depart- um, government departments uh, where, you know, tenders come out and everything. And because of the current water crisis that we're all facing, um, mm-hmm. Everybody has suddenly woken up. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So suddenly now we're getting a lot of uh, calls and stuff like that to set up green plants rather than setting up conventional systems. Okay. Um, which uh, you know kind of encouraged a lot of um, what do you call it uh, electricity out electricity consumption, which ours doesn't. Um, you know, and uh, they want something green, completely green. So we mm-hmm. kind of fit the bill mm-hmm. on all of that, as well as you know the treated water that comes out kind of matches the parameters of what the Central Pollution Control Board asks for. Okay. I think we're 20% better than that. Um, So, yeah, so that's basically the whole um, gamut of things and where we come from. And and more importantly, I think why I got into this was more because um, where I live, uh, especially in the rain season, in the monsoon season, we used to get a lot of crap water coming through our showers and through our sinks uh, and you know tap water basically because the sewage line and mm-hmm. the municipal water line used to get mixed up. Okay. So um, and you know I couldn't understand why my children or why we were getting sick you know and having a lot of stomach tummy issues and till we kind of really tested the water even though we had uh, you know your so-called I mean in my house I have a non-RO plant for what drinking water. But uh, yeah. predominantly, it was like every time you shower, you had to wait a good five, six minutes for all that rubbish water to flow off and 
still there would be like a you know smell in the water. Wow, this yeah. is in Delhi, Smitha. This is in Delhi. This is in Delhi, and this is I and I live in a pretty decent part of Delhi, so it's it's yeah. shocking even more so. So I couldn't even imagine what people in you know lowest uh, lowest strata society or where you have these you know cluster homes. um which are called the um, whatever you know the deregulated colonies or wherever water is available uh, yeah. would be far worse um, no, I, i think uh you know just right there i, I want to touch on two points because yes. you know th- this is huge you know and, and as a lot of people will know there's a huge water crisis in india all of yes. our natural water resources are getting depleted by yeah. the minute you see it in chennai you see it in delhi you see it in, now even bangalore we're getting bangalore hyderabad you know, uh, hyderabad a lot of northeast as well uh, even though you get such fresh water there so called but exactly. there is no sewage system so that's sort of <laughs> opposite stuff happening over there so it's crazy yeah. it's crazy i i was uh, i was really surprised to see some of the stats you know uh, we're ranked 120 out of 122 countries in the clean water index and <laughs> 200,000 people die every year due yeah. to our water water crisis in in some form or the other whether it be through health whether it be lack of you know uh, accessibility to yeah. clean water but now you know it, it's kind of a scary uh, trend that we see in India is that people only wake up to these sort of issues first of all when we hit a peak and second of all when we hit the affluent you know yeah. of the road as you said you know you know we're lucky enough to you know on a daily basis we can go to our kitchens and we can you know get water from whatever filtering system yeah, that we have absolutely so but now you know now like you're saying the showers it's it's affecting the affluent so they're now coming out and saying look you know this is unacceptable but yeah. this kind of issue has been potentially and definitely affecting the poor uh, you know sectors of our society for absolutely. a while absolutely so um you know like i i want to touch on here um what is your major motivation that you saw i know you said it's because your kids um you know you didn't you definitely didn't want to expose them to you know some dirty water but like this can lead a health crisis leads to an economic crisis you know very very easily so you know um what what is that really what kicked you to get started and how how not knowing and not having a technical background did you just dive completely into this huge yeah. project no so i had a little bit of help to be honest uh, because okay. my father is an iit kanpur chemical engineer okay. and he he his own business has to do with uh, sugar technology and sugar clarification as well okay. so we uh, so yeah he kind of had this idea in his head about what if we were to treat um you know water i mean how do we treat water in an organic manner rather than you know everything else that is available there more importantly how do we find a source that is readily available any given point of time right right and more importantly make it affordable uh, so that you know it's it's access to safe drinking water and everybody can get that rather than paying for it uh, most of the time or you know getting into this whole water mafia that we have in delhi as well which are the yeah. tankers and stuff like that and so stuff so that when we kind of put our heads together and he came up with the idea technically um about how to do this we went under research for about a year and then we kind of figured out another 6 months i took to how to how do we you know kind of take this up commercially because okay. um, you know we're not doing this let's be honest we're not we're not doing it for non profit uh really? you know it is a, it is a, it is an invention it is an innovation and mm-hmm. we kind of took four or five different aspects of the um, entire technical system 
like vermiculture we we encourage uh, we engage vermiculture vermiculture is basically nothing but uh, you know these earthworms that basically these are specially bred earthworms that were done by a study in a, by a professor in chile and okay. he basically came up with this whole idea of how earthworms can eat up you know micropollutants that's what they that's their sustenance that's their feed so we kind of got a bunch of them from there uh, we imported it here and then we bred them <laughs> okay. here and that's how we kind of started our research and uh, how and then again to do it organically so you know what are the various porous materials non porous materials um you know how does gravel how does sand we all know sand is a great filter that was already established many centuries ago um so kind of just you know kind of uh, marrying different aspects of um various kind of understanding and research and stuff like that is how we came up with something what we call our biofilter bed okay biofilter bed is basically we have like five layers of um you know filtration process which is the natural filtration process so now we after that one and a half years of research we in, we basically use uh, wood chips we use uh, different size of gravel stones we use sand and we use the worms worms okay. are basically my biggest if i have to say my biggest heroes um, in this whole thing they they kind of carry a lot of uh, the work on their shoulders um, really yeah they are the guys who pretty much eat up all the micropollutants so where the sewage line comes in from we have a sort of what we call a bath screen right it's like you know consider it to be like when you're making tea like the tea strainer so okay huge version of that um so that takes out that takes away all the bigger forms of uh, garbage which is like you know your plastic packets your uh, sanitary pads your um, you mm. know whatever mm. else that cannot be digested the micro pollutants which actually carry the bacteria uh, which carry the pathogens is what gets filtered through and that comes and that gets showered showered upon like we have a sort of a sprinkler system through which this entire thing can be um, you know evenly distributed okay and the micropollutants when they touch the water the first layer where the worms are they eat it all up they kind of you know degenerate it and then as and when the clearer water keeps filtering through all these different um, layers of media that's the first level of filtration basically and that mm-hmm. water is the quality of water that is amazing for agriculture for horticulture and it's a as well as for groundwater rejuvenation and for any water body uh, replenishment basically okay so okay, that's so the this is yeah th- this is not for drinking water you no, can have, yeah because we have okay. three steps of filtration this is the first okay. step so okay. it all actually truly depends because when we're pitching to a client or when we're talking to a client if they need it it's predominantly the first question we ask is um you know what do you want to do with the treated water right okay there are a lot of people who want to just say oh we want to you know we have one client who has 220 acres it's a it's a engineering college um they okay. like okay, we want to just use it for horticulture because you know we have large spaces of green but they're not getting green um we want to kind of use it there rather than buying water or you know kind of digging a borewell mm-hmm. so that is one level of it the other level of it the second level of treatment is what we call advanced treatment uh, for which we kind of bung in oxygen of sort it's called ozonation okay um, that again is naturally done um and that water the treated level is good enough for say toilet flushing for ac cooling systems um for washing your cars for washing your garden for maintenance like you know when you do various uh, cleaning jobs in your homes you know so it's mm-hmm. almost 70% of the water that you would use other than drinking 
get submitted okay. by this water. Okay. And the third level is where we have a specialized membrane which is not chemically dosed for drinking water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So that is okay. water which is can be used for bathing, it can be drinking, it can be cooking, wherever you need water for human consumption. Got it. Got yeah. it. Now I, I yeah. have two, um, you know, follow-up questions there. No. First of all, who exactly are your clients? You know, you you mentioned colleges, but are you going after buildings? Are you going after yes. campuses yes. of you yes. know companies? Could you expand on that? Sure. So our currently, like our clients, range everywhere from institutions to boutique uh, hotels to uh, food processing industry. Okay. Um, and schools and uh, and residential apartments, basically. So so why would uh, you know a hotel um, you know choose your system as opposed to a chemical system? You know what are the you know I, I, definitely the chemical free nature of your um, of your business and system is much much more effective and much better in the long term. But are there cost benefits and long other long-term benefits that you know you say in your proposal? Look, we're doing this, and the other guys they can't even come close to this. It's, yeah, you know exactly. What are the differentiators? So you know, being a, being in India, the first yeah. thing that they ask is everything is about it's all money related. Let's be exactly. honest about it. They don't really care about the process till they say, oh, okay, we're going to save this much money. That's amazing. Now tell me about the process, right? So Correct. it's always. It's like how we say it in it's ulta, or it's like, it's like you know, it's uh, you kind of pick your nose from the other side. So um, <laughs> in this case, what we pitch is the ROI. That's the first thing we pitch. So what we say is that the the installation cost might be 10 or 15 percent, a little more expensive than the conventional system, but where you make up your money is in the operational costs because that is where we are the currently the cheapest in the country, because for two simple reasons is that our entire system is designed on gravity so there are very there is no electricity usage other than a pump that is used to and these are like small 1 hp pumps you know kind of thing which kind of just uh, uses to suck up the sewage uh, from the pipes and everything and put them in a collection tank and then it just via gravity goes into the sprinkler system and all of that and the wow. other pump that is used to just uh, collect the treated water and take it to wherever it needs to be taken so that's the only only electricity usage. That's number one. Mm. Number two is because there is no chemical treatment. So there are not very many, you know, kind of different pre-treatment. We don't need pre-treatment either. Again, compared to other conventional systems, you need pre-treatment. You need chemical dosing. There are like a million motors attached to it. So on all those fronts, you're getting you're getting a complete uh, zero from me. Right. Okay. So there is there is no cost on that bit. And the other thing is when uh, the maintenance uh, cost of say um, a conventional system, for example, would be say two rupees, for example, mine would be eight pesa. Now, now why is that? Is it because, because of the? Uh, for one simple reason, it's just the use of uh, we're using natural products. We're using natural, which is not very expensive to use. Mm -hmm. Or to acquire okay. for that. You know, and we are not using chemically dosed uh, systems, which do require a lot of electricity for it to run. And plus, our entire system can work on solar. Wow. So, um, why are why are other companies, uh, you know, in your space who you see as competitors, not doing the same thing? Because clearly, it seems like you're able to get the cost lower. You have yes. long-term health benefits. Yeah. Why, you know, why wouldn't everybody go with you, and why aren't others doing this? Uh, you know, I ask that question 
to myself every day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is that it, it because it's um I I actually really don't know how to answer that. You know, a lot of people have come and asked me this, like, why are people not like lining up outside your door? You've got such a, you know an amazing system. We get a pat on the back on every forum we go to. But it's just that. You know, the problem is, it's the, it's the, A, it is the mindset, right? It is about right. the mindset of people saying, oh, are we going to get shit? I've literally been told this on my face. Like, are we going to be drinking shit water? <laughs> so, um, I'm like, you know what? You have zero water coming anyway. This is predominantly the place. <laughs> the only thing that is fluid, which is available and 24-7. This is the only place you can get that water from. And you're getting far better water than what you're, you are actually already drinking shit water. Let's be honest about it. <laughs> um, you know, so um, it, it's, it's, it can only get better from there. But can um, I stop you there? Are we like, see, the, the water that I'm drinking in my house, you know, I know you say you have a non-RO process, but I, I, I'm drinking RO, pro, RO water. The, you know, I, I would assume a lot of India is as well. Um, is that shit water? Are we drinking, are we drinking clean water? No, from the RO, yes, you're drinking clean water because it's stripped of everything. But the okay. thing is, what people, very few people know this actually, you, uh, you know, the water that comes from your tap, right? Uh, yeah. The way to understand whether you really need an RO or you don't need an RO or two things is that if any which way, if you, you, you have these water test kits that are available, very cheap. Uh, they basically just kind of uh, check the parameters of the water that you have. And if there's anything which is the TDS, what we call the total dissolved solid, uh, total dissolved solid, uh -huh. if it is less than 200, if the reading comes less than 200, you actually don't need to put an RO because your water is not too bad. You can just put a UV, what we call the UV or the UF membrane okay. available. There are UV filters as well that you can use and you don't need to use the RO. So that way you still are drinking pure water in its actual normal, you know, natural state. That is what a lot of people don't know and don't have the knowledge. For them, it's just a blanket um, decision or understanding, oh, RO is the best and that's the only thing that, you know, kind of strips all the bacteria away. So, you know, um, therefore, we are kind of uh, drinking clean water. It's not no, necessarily de definitely. that way. I would assume that, you know, RO is pretty expensive. I, I would assume exactly. that's a Exactly. That's system. the other thing. That's the other thing. It's not available to everybody. An RO right. system um, is, is, you know, the average cost is about 11 grand, 11, 12,000 rupees. Everybody can't afford that. For so the I basic just, systems, I just bought one, you know, for the real big, I was surprised at that. Yeah. The basic ones are 11 grand, but the, you know, the higher end, nicer ones, which yeah. when it comes to your water, you, you know, they can price whatever they want because they know, you know, there's flexibility here. I, I yeah. will pay more for, you know, a surety that I'm drinking good water. Yeah, they have something called, uh, there's, some, there's some there's some new copper thing that started about like, you know, copper thing and then, so I'm like, but copper is again a natural, uh, uh, you know, a natural product. Why don't you just put that into your actual system and not, you know, what are you trying to show by showing something that's shiny out on the outside? <laughs> um, so Smitha, like, you know, I'm sure you guys are certified, you know, in, in terms of, and you can show that to hotels and stuff. And course, there's still course. trepidation after that, you know, saying like, look, we're, well, it, we're it's a matter guaranteed. of conviction, uh, Armand, to be honest. It's truly a matter of conviction. It is just to let them know, like I said, like we, we start off with the money bit. We talk about the finances and we're like, okay, how much do you spend on your current STP? Or how mm -hmm. much uh, are you spending on drinking water? Or how much water are you spending on maintaining your hotel? or your staff quarters, you know, whatever. And uh, so when that figure comes to us, then we kind of do this whole ROI for them and say, okay, 
So if you are spending this much on that, this is the amount you'll be spending on my on the treated water that we give you out of our system. You can very clearly see the math uh, in this whole thing. So when that right. goes on, then we kind of then go on the whole green factor about obviously being green and you know what is being done. And more importantly, uh, they're like, oh, so if we set it up, will there be a smell because a lot of sewage treatment plants? I'm like, there's no smell, there is no noise, there is no nothing. Um, you know, you, it is just one small, nice little cool system sitting there in the back of your garage or sitting in the, you know, space uh, above in the roof or because again, we came up, uh, that was another another challenge that we kind of also, um, uh, that hurdle that we crossed was making two kinds of systems, one being a modular system, which is like mm -hmm. a package fabricated system and one which is a civil based system, uh, which is all dependent on the area available. Okay. So because we understood that everybody cannot have a civil system. If I'm, say, going into a hotel or I'm going into, going into an institute or a home for that matter, it has to be something that is modular and can be kept anywhere, you know. So the modular Correct. systems we can treat from, a, say, from about 1,000 liters going all the way up to 50,000 liters. And mm -hmm. it, it, it's a small little, you know, between 2 by 2 to about 5 by 5. That's it. That's all the space I need. Um, and for a civil system, it is starts from about, say, 100,000 100, liters going all the way up to 2 million liters a day, which is where we mm -hmm. set up the entire civil, you know, it's all basically all out there. Um, so we because we wanted to kind of get into the space of, um, you know, the medium segment, which is not there. We have smaller uh, systems, which are the RO systems, which are in everybody's homes, or you have the big guys who are like the Wabags and the Iron Exchange and all those big companies who are already doing you know, um, uh, clean, I mean, doing sewage treatment plants in far, far bigger capacity. Mm, mm, uh, but yeah. again, it, they are doing it through this whole chemicalized system or whatever, whatever. Weird. I don't think we can reach that point because being organic, there is only a certain limitation that we have. And in that limitation itself, uh, it's a huge market. It's a huge market. There are many people out there Definitely. who benefit from this, right? So um, that's what we're heading for. Um, and that's why we're currently working. We feel that the government way would be the best way, even though I'm, mm -hmm. I hate it <laughs> because <laughs> of the way they are and corruption. Yeah, yeah. Um, and take forever on this whole tender basis. But we're trying to kind of cut through that um, whole red tape kind of thing through networking and through understanding what they want and kind of stuff like. I'm like, I'll do whatever, just get me in there, you know, <laughs> uh, because I know once I get in there, I'll prove it to you immediately anyway. So, you know, it's just a matter of getting my foot into the door. Right. And of course, CSR. CSR is a big one um, because through companies, uh, because now it's become mandatory in India. I'm, I'm sure you know of it. Like, okay, yes. If you have a certain profit level, then you have 2 to. 2%, right. Yeah, exactly. So we're kind of hitting those spaces as well. Uh, which is how we actually got into something called Gurujal. Gurujal is basically um, it's an agency that was uh, developed by the Haryana government for okay. uh, you know kind of bringing up the groundwater levels of Gurgaon and the surrounding areas because that area the groundwater level is below zero now. Wow. So they want to rejuvenate 290 ponds and lakes in and around to bring up the water level. So um, there was this whole pitch that happened and mm -hmm. there were several rounds and we finally got selected um, and we've got, they've started off with one um, spawn for us uh, because, you know, being a new technology so that we can prove it. So work has already started. We should finish, say, in another month and a half. And that water, treated water will be used for a biodi biodiversity park, like a 30 okay. 
plus also they're going to sell a lot of the excess water for construction in and around the area rather than them you know buying water or you know digging into a bore well and um, some bit of that water is going to be used for revising that pond for tourism okay so things okay. are happening uh, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. it's i would say it's emerging uh, i would not say it is there or i will not say it's gained too much of traction yet but yes i mean i i have to say that people are beginning to really get the idea of what the hell's going on what they need to do and they need to do it now basically i i yeah i think you know uh, with this kind of stuff we're unfortunately yeah. years behind too you know in terms of a country because we've already done so much damage to our natural yeah. resources yeah. and you know i i i thank you thank you for bringing up this point of the government because you know i know a lot of people when they're trying to do impactful projects in india whether it be through pollution whether it be through water whether it be through you know anything they're they're trying to do they're going to have to interact with the government yeah. now could you expand upon a little bit you know some of the challenges you face some of the ways that you found like this is the way to deal with it best this is the way how you can create a win-win scenario for both sides and you know what what are some of the key key points that you've seen working with the government so far key points with the government is really i would say uh, one is kind of you know we can all be sitting here and being idealistic uh, citizens and say that oh you know i mean there was a time when i was like dude i have a technology it works i proved it why the hell do i need to really justify it to such an extent even monetarily if i have to let's be honest about it um, right. you know with the government i mean like why why can't they just see it for what it is and just say okay fine you have it do it um but in in the case of the government they are very we still have very conventional systems of how the government works people you know till the time i think we get a really young government or you know our generation of government only uh-huh. then can anything work to the extent of how it doesn't work right now so best is to like you know like they say if you can't win him join him kind of a thing so okay i did you know i mean i'm going to be super honest here it's it's, it's basically we just ask what do you want what do you want for this like how do i get it and yeah. you know there's a number uh, if we can meet it well and good and truly i have to say this i mean i i really don't care where this goes but that's exactly how this this is how it works you have no. to find the right guy who is sitting uh, the guy or woman for that matter actually nowadays yeah um, and you just have to basically talk to them and tell them about it they on an average we have always had a 100% approval on technology they like okay. what they're doing um so at least a little bit of that battle is won i would say 25% of the battle is won but then it comes down to brass tacks it's like okay we have these jobs available how do you want to go about it um and so we're like okay we pick so and so so and so so and so and they're like okay so then they they have a number in their head of how once that number is achieved and given then everything moves forward very smoothly well you know and that thank really you the for only way. there is probably i the only place i can say uh, which i did not have too much trouble and we didn't have to hit a number was probably the punjab government very honestly okay yeah uh, one of the yeah they are one of the fewer people i've come across who are very open to new technologies and want to adopt it and want to do something about it um the other gap be the karnataka government or the delhi government anything where we've been dealing with people they've never um, i've never seen this kind of um, acceptance and openness and being honest about the fact that they want something like that in its true form 
basically. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you for the honesty there, because, you know, that's a really, you know, everybody knows it, but that's a true challenge that everybody is going is. to have to face, it you is. know, while, while trying to make an impact in India. Yeah. It's just the unfortunate state of, you know, you know, current events. And I, I completely agree with you. Hopefully, as we continue to progress and, you yeah. know, our generation, you know, gets to a point where it's like, look, everybody, this has to be done. Yeah, and exactly. we need we need companies like Absolute Water to be profitable in order to sustain this country moving forward. So yeah, I think absolutely. you know that that's a huge huge point. And, and uh, you know you know um, and what you know just in respect to your time, I wanted to you know move a little bit away from that back to the personal with Smitha, and I wanted to sure. ask you you know what is the next 10 years look like is it you know in, in both in terms of personal and in terms of absolute water what what's your ambition and what's your mission so personally in 10 years i uh, i'm hoping to um, see myself uh, you know hoping that there's a po- policy that has come out uh, in the government for uh, treating sewage at the home level I mean, truly, okay. that, that's where I really want to see this go. Um, and because that's what I'm heading for. And we have already done a lot of research on it in the last two years. Um, you know, to basically, like we have RO systems in every home for drinking water, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I want to be setting up uh, little small fabricated units in every home street sewage at source. Okay. So the, the whole reason being is that a lot of the sewage is currently coming from there. A lot of the domestic sewage. Uh, raw sewage is coming from, you know, uh, institutes from homes and wherever, predominantly homes. And kind of just, you know, if you treat it at source, a lot of that chunk of that sewage does not need to go into pipelines and then get dumped into a water body. Correct. So if I'm going to treat it at source, that's where it all ends. That starts and ends right there. So I, that is, from 10 years from now, I am hoping that I would have achieved a pretty decent percentage of that by uh, just, you know, if there is a, if, Basically, remove these bloody RO drinking water supply <laughs> systems from the homes and try to give you what water naturally. And I'm hoping, more importantly, to kill that mindset um, and tell them that, dude, you know, it doesn't matter. It all depends on the end result of what you're what you're putting into your body. Let's be honest about it. Definitely. And um, that itself will bring up, like you correctly said, if if it's if the health crisis is equal to an economic crisis. If I can partake and kind of do anything for that and contribute my point to that, then why the hell not, right? So, yeah. uh, so that is that's pretty much. I truly that's that's really where I see myself and my company ten years from now that I've been able to contribute to that. And um, of course, you have your number goals and your financial goals and all of that. Correct. That comes, but for me, that's secondary. Very honestly. Um, it is just about getting into that space where I can do something at source and um, kind of take it from there. And the rest, I think, pretty much will fall into place. That's what I feel. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That, you know, that's that's an awesome mission. And, I, and I, I can really feel the energy and passion. And I'm sure the audience can, too. So Absolute Water, you know, I'm sure is going to make a huge huge impact for india and you know we're thankful for companies like absolute water because we we definitely definitely need this moving forward and uh i just wanted to you know sort of go into the conclusion of this interview i wanted to say is there any call to action or you know a specific point that you 
want to address the audience to do, you know, to look further up into absolute water or to, you know, any key things that they could be doing in their homes to, you know, prevent, you know, water wastage or, you know, any call to action that you have? Um, I think more importantly is about like home use uh, is where I feel the maximum amount of water gets, uh, you know, uh, wasted, um, including in my own area where I live, there are a lot of like people who just, you know, overflowing of tanks, um, overhead tanks for water, for the supply, for the home. It's just like there is no limit to how much, you know, flow. They don't, they don't know how to control it or they don't know when to switch the motor off. Um, you know, that is something that I, it, it really, it's my pet peeve. Uh, I hate it. Okay. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, and there are so many things that are available now that you can just use. They have these little sensors which are inexpensive that can automatically switch it off, you know, switch off the water supply as soon as your tank gets filled up, right? Right, you right. You take shitloads of water on that. Then, wow. of course, and, and encouraging, and I think in schools and stuff, and I see my children doing that now, which I'm super proud of, and I'm very happy with the school does that, and a lot of other things where they teach really about water conservation at the school level. Um, like there are many times, uh, you know, my daughter would go to go to the kitchen and be telling my cook, like, dude, you know, why are you wasting water? Like, switch it off if you're not using it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, things like that, is, that's amazing. Um, so I think that should be also implied at home with your staff, very importantly. We all, I mean, we are in a country that everybody has somebody or the other working for them. So just Correct. to teach them that what just because the water flow is coming at a decent uh, level does not mean there's more water. You're you're finishing off that much as well. Yeah. And just getting like you know little small little things like in our home as well we have these little uh, you know what do you call them little spray systems which you can just attach to your tap and it kind of you know controls the flow of water. Um, just small things like that. Yeah. I mean that itself can really really help and the inexpensive methods of doing that. Um, and of course, like when you're watering your garden, just make sure that it's hydrated or, you know, use some sort of a system, which again is inexpensive where you don't have to, um, you know, you put in like, uh, what do you call them, foam reeds, uh, which are natural foam, you know, which kind of retain water, but can still hydrate your plants. Um, yeah. yeah, be green, sure, be green, but don't waste the biggest resource that can make it green. You know what I mean? So, Correct. You know, yeah. I, and I think these these little things, they definitely make an impact, especially if at scale, everybody's doing it, you know, we can save, you know, at a personal level, we can help save a lot of, lot of water that way. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we can, we can have all the technology in the world, but, if, uh, you know, so my, it's funny, but my entire thing was that, okay, fine, if we cannot have a personal discipline on this, so why don't I also come up with a technology that will give you water 24 hours a day? And you don't have to really think about the control of water because it's coming to you from a source that is not being used for anything, uh, but yeah. to give you water and you don't have to worry about it for the next whatever number of years of your life. That's the yeah. other way of looking at it. Yeah. That's that's an awesome way to look at it. And I, I definitely hope <laughs> that you know more people can adopt this. Yes. And uh, so thank you so much, Smitha, for your time. Just one last closing question. You know, I'm going to ask this to everybody who comes on the podcast mm -hmm. is that at the end of your career, you know, you've done everything you've wanted to do. You've seen everything, you know, you've, you've achieved all your ambitions and you're, you're sitting down reflecting and you're writing your autobiography. Yeah. What will the, what do you want the title for that autobiography to read? Wow. Um, a tough one. 
That's a tough one. But yeah, I mean, if um, I really don't know, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, if <laughs> I used to think about my personal biography. If I ever had to write about the various things of my life that I've had from the time I was a you know kid to now and the experiences I've had, I think that kind of reflects in the business as well. It's like twice bitten but not shy. So wow, I love <laughs> that name. <laughs> so yeah, that was something I used to always think about. If I ever write a book of my own, that's pretty much what I would call my entire life was like twice <laughs> bitten but not shy. Wow. Well, that's an awesome book. As soon as you eventually publish that, please yeah. let me know because <laughs> I'll be the first for reader. Sure. For sure, for sure. Done. Again, thank you so much for your time, Smitha. I really appreciate Thanks, this. Everyone. I learned a lot from Thank you for having me. This. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a brilliant uh, platform and I congratulate you on this and I hope it becomes really something big. <laughs> I hope so too. So good luck for you with, with everything moving forward and thanks again. Thank you, Arman. Thank you so much.